On this episode of the Trade Busters podcast, we're going to talk about notional value and the idea of risk in theory versus risk in practice. Before I go on, just a quick disclaimer, I'm not a financial advisor and everything on this podcast is for informational purposes only and not to be construed as investment advice. Now, the reason I want to talk about this topic is because it seems to be one that is subject to a lot of misunderstanding and misinformation. And frankly, I think it's very important for, you know, not just new traders, but all traders alike, because if you don't understand notional value, you don't fully comprehend the amount of risk you're taking. And thus, you can't make an informed decision on how to properly size your trades or just how much risk you actually have on the table at any one time. So notional value is basically the the real amount of risk you have in a position or what I like to call face value. So for example, if you sell a stock and I'm going to use small numbers here um, for illustrative purposes and just to make the examples simpler follow. So let's say there's stock ABC and the the price is at $10, or I I guess it doesn't really matter what the price is at, but you sell a short put at $10 strike. So we take the strike price, and because options have a multiplier of 100, you take the $10 and multiply by 100, uh, because it's almost as if you're commanding 100 shares of the stock, right? So 10 times 100, you essentially have $1,000 of notional value. Uh, because again, people like to think of this as in theory, if you sold the $10 strike, not accounting for the credit you receive, if the stock were to go down to, you know, just like if you bought the stock at 10 and it went down to zero, you would, you know, you'd lose $1,000. So this notional value, this is at entry, the $10 strike is the notional value of a thousand. Now this can change. It, it is dynamic. Let's say you sold the 10 strike but the stock went down to nine, right? So you've already lost $100 there at expiration, assuming you hold it, not accounting for the credit. You have basically 900, so that's that $9. So $900 left in notional risk, so it can change. Um, so just keep that in mind, but for simplicity, we're gonna assume uh, we're talking about the notional value at entry. For a short call, and this is a kind of an interesting topic because I did a little bit of research and I don't seem to find a lot of explanations for uh, notional value on a naked call. And I guess this is because most people assume this is infinite risk, right? Because uh, if you have a short call and it's not a spread, it's basically a naked call, you have infinite risk to the upside. Now, we're gonna look at what the risk in practice versus the risk in theory is in a little bit. But for sake of argument, I think I like to think of the notional value of a naked call the same way, basically based on the strike price. So if you sold a naked call at $10, uh, you can look at the face value also as 10 times 100, which is $1,000. Because at that point in time, if the stock is trading at 10, then it's essentially, that's the size of that position. And if, for example, the, just like I mentioned with the puts being dynamic, if you sold the call strike at 10, but the stock rallied up to 11, so you'd be underwater by $100. um, But if you held that call, essentially the stock could still keep going up, right? But since it's a larger stock, um, the the position size, the face value, it is not an $11 stock. So, you know, I would call that essentially a $1,100, right? 11 times 100 of notional value. So just something to keep in mind there. Another interesting thing to think about is people call, uh, so if you don't trade a spread, right? They call it a naked put option or they call it undefined risk. 
But really, with the put side, it is defined in a way, right? Because there is a uh, a floor. A stock price can't go below zero, right? So even at the ten dollar entry price or a hundred dollar price, whatever it is, you essentially know your maximum loss or maximum risk potential. With the call side, that's where you can get into the idea of infinite risk, and this is you know it is undefined, and this is why. Uh, they say beginners shouldn't trade this, or people get scared because of the undefined risk. But, but again, we're going to look at、um, the reality of this in a second, and and what the actual risk and practice is. Okay,、um, so this is contrasted with a spread, which people call defined risk, right? So if you sold,、uh, for example, a with a ten dollar stock, let's say I have a a short put at ten and a、uh, long put at nine, so this is the basic ten dollar nine dollar short. Credit put spread, so it's a dollar wide, and basically my risk is defined at a hundred dollars, right? Because it's one times a hundred. Now, let's compare this to a naked put. Now, I just want to kind of lay the expectation here because I'm using a small number for simplicity, but let's not assume it's some kind of crazy pharma stock, okay,、uh, with crazy volatility. Uh, let's just assume the stock is the same volatility, or maybe it's a S and P fund, whatever it is. And we're going to assume、uh, normal circumstances for the volatility of the stock. So, assume you have a thousand dollar account, one thousand dollars in cash, and you sold ten put spreads. Okay, ten of the ten dollar, nine dollar credit put spreads. So, because it's a dollar wide, it's a hundred dollar notional. For that one credit spread, and you have ten of them, you're gonna get the same one thousand dollar notional because you sold ten contracts. Now, a naked put at ten dollar strike, and let's assume you collected fifty cents. So, you have fifty dollars of premium. That means that you have, in theory, nine hundred fifty dollars of total downside risk if the stock went to zero, right? Because you collected fifty cents, but Uh, the rest of the 950, you'd be out because it's $10 minus the 50 cent credit. So that's your risk, $950 versus your credit of 50 cents, which is basically a 19x risk to reward ratio, which sounds, frankly, very bad, right? And that's again why people don't like the idea or don't recommend、um, trading naked put. Because the risk reward sounds so bad. Now, let's go to the example of the the ten credit spreads. Let's say I sold ten credit spreads, right? Ten dollar short, nine dollar long, one dollar wide spreads, and let's just say I collected twenty five cents each. So for one dollar credit spread, I collected twenty five cents. So with ten contracts, you collected two twenty five cents times ten, so two hundred fifty dollars, and it's a dollar wide spread. So there's seventy five cents of risk to the downside. So for ten contracts, it's seven hundred fifty dollars. So this looks more like a risk three to make one risk reward ratio. So it sounds very nice, right? Because for your same notional size, both of these have a notional size of one thousand dollars. For the same notional, you can make more with the spread, right? Two hundred fifty dollars versus fifty dollars with the naked put. And you have a better risk-reward ratio, so it sounds very appealing. In fact, it sounds like less risk, right? 
But again, this is where we get back to the risk in theory, which is what we've just gone over, versus the risk in practice. Because what has to happen for you to realize that entire $950 of downside risk on the naked put? And again, assumption this is not like a pharma stock where some crazy um, announcement happens and, and the stock goes to zero. Let's just assume it's, it's, it's just as volatile as S&P 500, for example. So is the S&P 500 ever going to go to zero? Well, I don't know. It might. But I, I, obviously, I think we're on the same page where if you think it's very, very unlikely, right? So in practice, do you really have that $950 of downside risk? I would argue no, right? Now, obviously, with, with COVID just uh, a little bit more than a year behind us, like, you might have $300 of downside risk, maybe $400 of downside risk. But again, you don't have that $950 of downside risk because you don't expect the market to go down 100%. Whereas with this uh, 10 contracts of the $10, $9 credit spread, now notice the $9 long, this is basically 10% below, right, out of the money. Now we were assuming the $10 was, was at the money. So the market or this stock in this case only has to go down one dollar right from 10 to 9 to hit your long strike which essentially at expiration is maximum loss for your entire position so it only has to go down one dollar for you to realize the entire 750 dollars of risk in this case is basically 75 percent of your account right so I'm not going to try and argue, okay, what's the chance it's going to go down 10%? And of course, there's the period of time and you can roll it and whatever. But that's not the point. The point is, I think we can all agree that the risk of the stock going from 10 to 9, which is a 10% drop, is going to be higher than the risk of the stock going from 10 to 0, which is 100% drop, right? So regardless of you know, what you think you can do with the position. And I know there may be not maximum loss, depending on how much time that that's not the point. The point is just looking at the probabilities and analyzing what is the actual risk versus what we think and we calculate in theory. And that's the reason why credit spreads can be in certain cases more risky if you do not understand it's kind of the math and the probabilities involved and probably we'll do some episodes and, and do some more examples and, and deep dive into that. But that's what I wanted to cover for today. Just this idea that you need to understand how the notional value comes into play, but also contrast that with when you do a spread, even though the notional value is limited and quote unquote more defined, depending on the circumstance, you can have a more risky position when you evaluate what needs to actually happen for that worst case scenario to come into play. Okay, so let's leave it there today. Um, as always, if you guys enjoy this episode, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It's available on most of the major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also find more of my content at my trading page at www.thetradebusters.com where you can find all of my strategy mechanics, trade logs, as well as essays I've written and other podcasts I recommend. Finally, you can also follow me on Twitter at The Trade Buster. That's it for today. Thank you all for listening and I'll see you guys next time.